Hey friends, welcome to the Life with Chris and Tatum podcast, where each week we'll talk about practical and relevant topics to help you live a life of freedom and purpose. Thanks for joining us today. For more information, please visit lifefellowship.tv. And now let's tune in with Chris and Tatum. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Life with Chris and Tatum. We're glad you're joining us today. We are the pastors of Life Fellowship Church here in McKinney, Texas. The great state of Texas. Yes. And the great church, Life Fellowship. If you are not yet following us on Instagram, you can find us there at My Life Fellowship and uh, connect with us. We'd love to hear from you. Find out who is listening um, to our podcast. So stop by and say hello. And thanks so much to those of you that are sharing this um, on social media, helping us to connect with your friends and your family. It means a lot to us that you would invite um, us to be a part of your world. So thanks for listening. We're excited about today's topic. We are. Hey, before we get into this, I we, we just finished up some uh, creative team planning and praying through our Easter and Good Friday services. And I'm telling you what, everybody— this year is, I am so excited. And Easter comes really early this year. It's the first week of April. Okay. I was just about to ask you, what is so the we're le- it's We're like a month and a half away from Easter. Crazy. And that's it. But we're going to have two Good Friday services, and there's going to be some really special, holy uh, moments in there. They're going to be fantastic. So whether you're at home or in person, we're going to have two services. Yeah, on a Good Friday. On Good Friday, one at 5, one at 6.30. And then we're going to have four Easter services, one on Saturday and then three on Sunday. And it's going to be an Easter like none else. Yeah. Because we, we didn't get to come together last year, remember? That's right. We had Easter just online. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who are comfortable coming back and you're here with us in person, um, join us in person. For those of you listening and watching online, we're going to be there too. So we're excited. And to- our build, I mean, we got the construction going on. Dirt uh, will be moving. Groundbreaking's coming up in just a few more days. And yeah. so, oh, so it's a great day to be alive. All right. We are, hey, honey, yes. we are just a couple days away from Valentine's Day. Woohoo. Valentine's Day. And so uh, today, I want to talk about four habits of a happy marriage. Now, next week, we're going to address some things for our singles. In fact, I've got a message that I'm preaching coming up in the Sideways series Mm -hmm. just for singles. I know. I love that. It's going to be... I've I've already been telling you a lot of Mm -hmm. things that I've been learning. It's, it's, It's going to be powerful. And so whether you're a parent... You can get you can get something out of this message on singleness. Uh, whether you are a um, a grandparent, you can grab some things. Whether you're married, there's going to be things that you're going to be able to yeah just apply to your own life. But it's it's going to be powerful today, though. I want to talk about four habits of a happy marriage, <laughs> and I think the habits are the key phrase right there because uh, habits make us what we are. And so if we form good habits, we're going to have great success. You know, I tell pastors and leaders all the time, I say that good systems make poor leaders look great. That is a good word. So create some good systems yeah. all around you, and it actually will help you out. That's, what, that's what we yeah. do in the, in the leadership world. Well, in the marriage world, we've got to create some good habits, some good systems yeah. that will help uh, keep that 
fire lit yeah. in your marriage. Keep us connected. Keep us. Yeah, but if you don't create great habits, if you have poor habits, you're going to suffer consequences. Let's talk about it. So winners form winning habits just as losers form losing habits. So let's talk about some of these habits. I'm going to give you four of them today. And uh, these are four things that Tatum and I, we try to do in our own marriage. And I'm just going to say this. We're not perfect at this. We're not. Tatum may. I mean, you're, you're, listen, Tatum is close to perfect. Chris I'm looking across nice. uh, the table at her right now. And you're, you're, my, you're being sweet. No, I'm, I'm being, I'm being honest with you, honey. Like she is like, I'm, I'm telling you everybody, I am not that good. Tatum is that good. Stop, I mean, she really stop. is. Listen, Let's I mean, talk. I'm, I'm going to tell you everybody, it's not easy being married to an angel. Chris. I mean, it's not. I mean, she got that halo thing going on up there and it glows at night and those stop. wings always get in the way and all that. <laughs> now, now. <laughs> okay. Here's the first thing. Everyone's like, all right, get to the first point. The first thing. Okay. Four habits of a happy marriage. Number one, never stop dating your spouse. Amen. Let's talk about it. Okay. Don't stop dating. So, um, you know, when you first begin in your relationship or even really early on in your marriage, you're always like planning the next date. Or if you just know I'm in love with you, we're about to get married, the excitement of what are we going to do next weekend? What, when you have a day off, what can we, how can we plan a fun date? Whatever. That is what are you going to say, Chris? No, I just remember when we first started dating. <laughs> Chris is the ultimate date planner, I'm just going to say. So whatever story you're about to share. No, no, no. I remember. It's true. It sounds too good to be true, but. No, I remember him. I got you a little fish. Oh, what, what was that yeah. fish called? I named him Herbert. Herbert? I, I think. Not Herbert. It was a weird name. Herman? I'm sorry if Henry. Name's Henry. That. You named him Henry. No. Yes. His name remember. was Henry. This was like. When and I, I was in high school. Yeah. So I, when she came home from school and I had put up in her bedroom. Hold on. This was when we first started dating. Like we just actually first. Of course. Okay. Now I remember. Yeah. You decorated my bedroom for Valentine's Day. He like, I was in. Wait, this is a, that's onto a different thing. No, that's when you gave me the fish. No. Okay, Did okay. I? No, no, no. Because we weren't even dating at that point. You decorated my room. That I did. That's kind of like dating. No. <laughs> But when, okay. we, listen, I'm telling this story, not you. <laughs> listen, when we were dating, I gave you a fish yep, you in did. a bowl. Yes. It was a goldfish. And I wrote you a little note that says, out of all the fish in the sea, yep. I, I choose you. you. <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> what? I took great care of that fish. Yeah. And every week you had to, ch I had to change the water. Yep. You have to put the fish in a bag. Yep. Get the water the same temperature as the new water, otherwise it shocks and kills the fish. Yeah. Okay, and I did this week after week after week. Yes, then I come home one day, and I have a dead fish. <laughs> <laughs> and my stepmom had helped me out by just dumping out the water and giving him some clean water, and it killed him. And I was kind of sad. Anyway, I thought we were going to have Henry for forever. Hold on, we were talking about never stop dating. Yes, How okay. do we? I don't even know where we went to. But okay. anyways, but in in those, I remember. Hey, listen, I remember one day. I got you a lottery card. Mm. And I put that in a little thing, a little note when we were about to go on a date. And I said, when I, when I, uh, something like when I got you, I won the jackpot or something like that. Scratch it off and see what you won. <laughs> and we didn't win anything on that. <laughs> we're nerds, but no. we have fun dating. 
No, but we've always now. I we if we can be honest, we really didn't do a good job at that when the kids were maybe first like the first born. five years of marriage. No, we really didn't. Because yeah, we were poor, y'all. We, were re- we didn't have any Hold money, on, but and we there was did no have family. some creative um, things. But we got better after. Let's just yeah, we got better after like five years of being intentional that we were going to do something together, dating, even if it was like share a piece of dessert and have some coffee you know, somewhere. I think where we, you know, where we have this idea that a date has to be this fancy has meal. Has to be expensive. And, and you've got to have all kinds of flowers and all this creativity. Our dates right now. Mm-hmm. What do you want to say about them? No, I mean, <laughs> it's time that you and I get to be together, that we can talk and we can converse and we can connect with each other. And it, some some days, you know, we sometimes we go to a nicer little restaurant. Other times, mm-hmm. we'll go to a small little hole in the wall little Chinese shop and just sit down. And Wheel of Fortune is playing on the mm-hmm. television right above us. And I'll grab the remote and turn it down. Yeah. And we just we split an egg drop soup and uh, a kung pao chicken. That's what we do. And we sit down and we just talk. Yeah, it's just connecting. So don't make dating complicated, but don't not do it. We have to continue to so, date our spouse. But dating can also be done at the home. Yeah, of course. We've done that a lot. Yeah. But it, but, but it is being intentional about spending time with each other. Mm-hmm. So for instance, for us, when our kids were uh, smaller, we'd make sure that they were in bed. And once they were in bed, then you and I would spend that quality, that quality time with each other. You know what I'm talking about, honey? I know what you mean. But uh, we got to make sure it's a priority. That we are, that we, at times you just turn the TV off, Mm -hmm. turn on some music, light some candles. Hey guys, turn the bubble bath on and just, I mean, just spend some time without all those other distractions, just being focused on each other. Yeah, each other. So date, date your spouse. And I think that's an important habit. Now, let me ask this, honey. Is that only the responsibility, in your opinion, do you think that's only the responsibility of the husband? No, that's not fair to say. I don't think it is. Um, because sometimes we wait for the other person to... To initiate to it initiate or it. to plan it. No, I think it's something that both, that rests equally on husband and wife. It, it can't just be one person's responsibility. We both have to say, you know what? Every other or once a month or every Friday, whatever, you pick what works for for you, for your family, for your life, for the scheduling of each other, your your jobs and whatever, but that there's an intentional, deliberate um, day that you're going to connect, that you're going to put the kids to bed early or you're going to get a babysitter or you're going to be intentional that you're planning a date together. It's not fair for it to be one person. Um, no, I think it needs to be both. Okay. That you work together. Yeah, I, to I agree on that. I agree on that as well. And and again, think about creative. You know, what what are, what are some things that you've that you've never done? You know, so what maybe you just get in the car and just say, honey, we're gonna drive and I don't even know where we're gonna eat, but we're gonna go eat at and you guys just drive till you find a location that unless that makes your spouse mad, you know, you know your spouse better than we do. But there's plenty of times where we would just order in food and spread a blanket out in the backyard yep. and have a picnic and make that your date. It doesn't, you know, we can often overcomplicate what does it mean to have a date and 
it's all about connecting. We yeah. have to connect. We have to talk. It's not about vegging out in front of a TV. Yes. It's turn about, off the electronics. Yeah, just and talk to each other. Yeah. So that's the first thing. No, second thing, uh, keep doing the little things. And what? so before uh, marriage, we worked really hard at winning the affection of one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after marriage... Sometimes people don't work so hard. Sometimes we just stop. Mm-hmm. So we feel like, hey, we won the prize, so we don't have to pursue them anymore. So never stop doing the things to win their affection. Mm-hmm. So we, we got to keep doing the little things that say, I love you. Mm-hmm. And I think it's fair to say both people like men and women want to be pursued. You you want to know that your spouse is still um that's the language of romance. Yeah. Romance like means I'm pursuing you. you. Yes. I am pursuing you. So, so let's talk about some ways that or what are little things that um we do to show I'm pursuing you. One of them that you do often is Chris buys me flowers like a lot regularly. Now, what so, I do, so I'll just tell you guys what I do. <laughs> don't tell them. No. No, because it sounds, don't tell them. Don't? Nope. Okay. He's not going to tell you. Anyways, I buy Tatum flowers. He buys me flowers a lot. Okay. And I don't care what kind they are, and I'm not the kind of person that says they have one to of the be little this things that we did. That, just, he does it because he knows I like him. Okay, so one of the things that we've done early on, and this was Tatum. <laughs> what? She said that that she we put it almost as a rule in our marriage that I can't just walk out the door without giving her a kiss. <laughs> I like that. No, I know. But yeah. that's a little thing that I'm I showing. Because I like to say, like, it, it's just kind of how I was raised. Like, I want, I, I was raised like that. When you someone gets home, you say, like, I am home. And when you leave, hey, I'm leaving. Give you a kiss and a hug. Yeah. But for you, that wasn't the norm anyway. No, it wasn't. But that was one thing that she she liked, and it's it's now become very natural in in our relationship. So like it's even sometimes little texts and I'll text you in the morning like a little uh, good morning because sometimes I'll get up way earlier than you. Uh <clears throat> and I'll just I'll have that uh ready for you for when you finally do uh look at your phone. Sometimes it's little post-it notes that we put around the house. You, yeah, do the little things. Your little makeup thing there that you got. I save the notes a lot that Chris writes me and just stick them on my I don't know, inside the cabinet of a cabinet in my bathroom because I like to look at them again. You know the ways that your spouse likes affirmation or likes to be pursued. And so just because I like notes and a kiss goodbye doesn't mean you have to, but do what your spouse likes, right? Exactly. So it's those little things that matter. Yeah, it it's keeps doing the little things. The, um, the tank, money. I mean, gas back in the tank. Yeah. Are you going to say money in the bank? I was going to say money in the bank. <laughs> or rhyming. <laughs> No, but a lot of us we want to draw money out, and there's there's you've not put if anything. If you've not in. deposited something, yeah, you're just gonna withdraw, and there's nothing there. When you're thinking, I need, I want, I need, but have you deposited into the other person what they need as well? So, like right now, why don't you take a second and text your spouse? There you go, and just let them know, hey, baby. <laughs> no, but just text say them it something. Like that. No, yeah, you can say it like that. <laughs> And ladies, if you did that to to your husband, he he'd, he'd probably like that. No, but I'm just saying, uh, text him. If you know the way we say it around here is, if you if you th- are thinking something good about somebody, mm-hmm. let them know. Share it, yeah. Encourage Don't just keep them. That to remind them. Tell them. Yeah. So keep doing 
The little things. The little things. Because they actually really do matter. In fact, it's the little things that cause a lot of the fights. It's not the big things in a marriage. It's the small things, which actually leads us to our, our third habit of happy marriages. And that's this, never, never, ever, ever go to bed mad at each other. That's a good one. And it's not always easy, but it's super important. So every marriage has moments that you're going to be angry at each other. They're going to make you mad. You're going to have an argument, a discussion, and um, it's just a part of being in relationship, right? That you're not 100% always on the same page in every decision. Okay, so let's let's burst the bubble that you and I have this perfect marriage or whatever, but you and I have, and we call them intense moments of fellowship. We don't actually call it that when we're in the moment. No, it's just intense. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like everyone has moments that yeah, you have to you you have to talk those things through and not allow yourself just to think, I don't want to talk about it. Of course, you can take a break if you need a break um, and come back to that, but it's not fair to go to bed and actually it's so not biblical. One of the manipulative games that happens when when couples are angry at each other is one just goes, well, you you mentioned it. They just they walk out. Well, I just need some time. Yeah. And they walk out. Everybody, don't do that. Yeah. So, or don't walk out with the intention but, but, that you're not coming back to have a conversation. I think some voice people and just can so take a do it like this and just say, "Hey, I would really like it if I could just have some time to to just chill out." Yeah. And ask for permission. Show respect to the other person instead of just saying, "I can't. I'm 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 walking out. I need some time to cool off." No, just that little thing. So the, the, the scripture says in Ephesians 4.26, it says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Mm-hmm. So never go to bed, to bed angry at each other. So the way I say it is like this. Today's anger is manageable. Yesterday's anger is disastrous. It's true, yeah. There's nothing wrong with you being angry during a day. Mm-hmm. But if you hold on to it, the now you the, then it goes on to say that you actually give the devil a foothold because now you start thinking about all these different things. Mm-hmm. And you start going into all these. You like replay the scenario oh, and my you rehash goodness. what they said. And it's what like you a trash said compactor. And, uh. It's a volcano and just boom. <laughs> and then you see just marriages just go. I mean, it's like a volcano just erupts. Well, what's happened? There's been anger that is compiled building, day after building. day yeah. after day. The devil sees that and then starts seeding all of these different thoughts. Now you're having conversations with that other person. They're not even there. Yeah. In the mirror conversations, if I, I call it like that, where you're you're looking into the mirror, having a conversation about that other person. And what mature couples do is that when there is contention, mm-hmm. hey, let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. And we weren't always good at that in the very beginning. We would just, I was really bad at the silent treatment, and I actually call that torture. Uh, I, you know, and the angrier that you are, the, the longer that you're silent. But there was a point that we grew to that we, this has been a little phrase that has really helped, helped us out, and it's this. We're going to have to be friends sometime. <laughs> so why not just make that happen now? Yeah. We're eventually going to have to be friends. Yeah. Not going to punish each other with stretching out this 
anger. Let's no. talk and work through it. So let's talk it. about it. Yeah. So we're going to eventually have to be friends. So let's let's talk about it right now. And we want to be more than friends. Yeah. <laughs> we got to get there. Yeah. yeah. So so we, we, we've got to communicate yeah we gotta communicate we're uh, we are mature adults and so don't wait for the other person to kind of bring up the topic somebody bring it up in fact tatum and i will work at Mm -hmm. hard at seeing who can be the first one to say i'm sorry and be genuine about it yeah and so even if you're like only 10 percent at fault just just own up to what you're you're still at fault right i'm I'm, I'm sorry Mm -hmm. so the way that i've said it in marriage counseling is uh you can either be one or, or the one that the, won. The one who won. Yeah, it's true. That's and a great reminder. When you're in the heat of the moment and you feel so frustrated or just totally misunderstood or whatever, to really think about the motive behind um, your anger. Is it because I want to win the argument and want to prove like that I'm right? Or is my heart behind this really that I want us to be one? I want to be on the same page. I want to be united with you. Let's figure it out. Let's talk. Let's communicate. We want to be O-N-E. Yeah. Yeah. Mom mom sent me something the other day. She texted me. What's that? And this is what she said. Communication is hard. Not communicating is also hard. Choose Uh, your hard. Obesity is hard. Being fit is hard. Choose your hard. Being in debt is hard. Being financially disciplined is hard. Choose your hard. Marriage is hard. Divorce is hard. Choose your hard. Life will never be easy. It will always be hard, but we can choose our hard, so pick wisely. Wow. Isn't that good? Yeah, that's really that's good. That's wisdom from mom. And so let's choose our hard. Let's, let's choose to, be, to bring life and oneness between the two of us mm-hmm. because our kids need that. Listen, our church needs yes. that. Just Unity think if the devil could so get in between important. you and I of how many people he could impact or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And you don't even know how many people are watching your back right now. You got a lot of eyes on the back of your heads as a couple, in your family, your community, in the workplace, in your church. So don't true. let the devil divide you. Never let the sun go down on your anger. That's great. All right. Here's the fourth one. The fourth one is being faithful in church attendance. That's so massive. It's, it really is. It's so important, really, being connected to a local church, a local body where you know people and people know you. It's the command of the Lord. Yeah, it's not a... He said, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together yeah. as such have gotten into the habit yeah. of doing. And then it says, especially as you see the day approaching. Listen, I need other people speaking into into my life. I need other men sharpening my uh, myself. Uh, I need yeah. people holding me accountable. As couples, we need that. As families, we need yeah each other. The happiest marriages are the ones that build their life around God rather than trying to fit God into their lives. You could say that one more time. That was really great. Okay, the happiest marriages are the ones that build their life around God rather than trying to fit God into their lives. And you see it all the time. People mm-hmm. are saying, oh, we'll go to church this weekend, we'll attend. Um, and so whether that's online or in person, mm-hmm. they just make it more of a, we're, 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 uh, we're, we're fitting God into our lives instead of saying, God, we're prioritizing you. You You're are first. the source you are. of all of this. Yeah. 
because marriage doesn't work when it's just husband wife. It's it's always been God, man, woman. I mean, the three of them yeah. together. Absolutely. Like, like we 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 would have we would have not made it. Yeah. Had not God been in the middle of our marriage. Yeah. So I mean, it's a, true. Without the Lord, yeah. And the and the So if you try to fit God into your life, there's always going to be a reason why you can't go to church and you'll come with another excuse, another excuse, and another excuse. But happy marriages, they put God in uh they put God and the church first. Mm-hmm. And let me just encourage you, don't just go to church, serve together. Like there's something magical that happens, something spiritual when a husband and a wife are serving together in a local church. It's true. That's what the church is made of, right? That's what it's built on, is the strength of those families, the strength of um, people connecting in and being a part of it. So, like, I mean, think about how cool it would be a husband and wife, both involved in the youth ministry together, just reaching into the next generation. How incredible awesome. is that? Think about that, you know, in in our element classrooms or greeting at the doors or involved in our tech arts yeah, pro, yeah. Uh, ministry that we so have. So many a, couples do this and there's room for so many more. Yeah. And their eyes just light up when they are serving together. And so I just want to encourage you once again, you know, there's no doubt about it that marriages are under attack in America today, but your marriage is not going to fail. Your marriage is going to be strong. And I would just encourage you to never stop dating your spouse. Keep doing the little things. Yeah. Even if they're not reciprocated back to you, you keep doing the right You're thing. You're planting the seeds. It's never yep. wrong to do the right thing. Yeah. Number three, don't ever go to bed angry at each other. And number four, man, be faithful in God's house. Put your kids invested in. Mm-hmm. It says those that are planted into the house of God, they're the ones that are going to flourish. Mm-hmm. Don't be like the driftwood. And I've said this before, driftwood will float for a little while, but there's a lot of people that they drift from one church to another church, but eventually that driftwood will sink. So we got to be planted into the house of God. With our roots dug deep. With our roots dug deep. And as we do, God is going to bless it. All right. Um, we we want to answer uh, one of the mailbag questions that came in, and man, there's been so many of them. I put a post out on Facebook here, uh, and you guys have just been, been Lots incredible. of cool responses. Lots of cool ones. Chris is going to tell us. Here's one, um, and here's the question. It says, how do you guys stay positive with all that is going on? And then does Pastor Chris make Tatum laugh or does Tatum make Chris laugh? All right. <laughs> That's a good one. All right. Let's 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 do the laughing one first and then- I think uh, you'll get a different answer depending on who you ask. All right. Let's tell the truth, Chris. No, go ahead. <laughs> tell them all how funny I am. <laughs> they know if they've heard your jokes on a Sunday. <laughs> They know how funny you are. Oh, man. This last week, that was the funniest one. That was a great like husband-wife joke. Remember, Chris is the um, floor level level five store Mm -hmm. husband he is, but his jokes sometimes aren't very funny. (laughs) Now, it's all about perspective. Most times, let's say, hey, everybody, (laughs) you just need to know, most times I am definitely funnier than Tatum. (laughs) He's so... (laughs) 
He's not telling the truth here. Watch out. All right. Tatum is typically uh, a hair funnier than I am. Just a touch. Yeah. And then when she really gets going, then she like, she'll smoke me on on humor. She's like, actually, we have a lot of fun together. Yeah, she's actually pretty witty when it comes to all of that. So, um, what's the okay. serious question? I forgot. Uh, how it. do you guys stay positive with all that's going on? Well, I think it's a choice. Actually, it's kind of a mindset. And I'm not saying this is the end all be all answer, but that's the first thing that comes to my mind is that you have to choose that you're going to see things through a positive lens because it's very easy. Um, to look at things um, and to call out what is wrong with it or what is hard about it. But I think making the choice um, yep. to be positive starts in your thoughts, in your mind. Yeah. some of, For me, some of it was the environment that I was raised in. My mom and dad are just positive as can be. Mm-hmm. And it's something that has been inbred in me. I always see the positive. So mm-hmm. I'm a real bad uh, hirer of people because I just always see positive. I see potential. I, <laughs> I always see potential in people. And so I need a team around me to help hire people because I'm not great at that because I see such potential and such opportunity. Yeah. He thinks that they can do everything just because you're a super positive person. Yeah. But but one of the things that really h- helps me is, and let's be honest, it's been a year that you could really be discouraged mm-hmm. and just kind of moping yes. around. And uh, I come back to that statement my mom made, you can choose your heart. And I say, why not, why not be positive? You know, this morning, this morning, I was reading in First or Second Timothy chapter 4. Mm-hmm. I was reading it about Paul the Apostle. It's the very last chapter of, of his life that we have recorded. Mm-hmm. And here he is in a prison. He's getting ready for his head to get chopped off. In fact, at, towards the very end of that chapter, it says that, Everybody had deserted him. Mm-hmm. Yep. Everybody, and then and even in there, he starts talking about the people that had done him wrong and backstabbed him, stabbed him. And then he said this: He said, "But I'm praying for them that God would have mercy on them, that God would just touch their life in a massive way." And and then he made this statement: He said, "And through all of that, though, the Lord has stood by my side." Mm. And I'm thinking about it. I'm going, "Here's a guy that's in jail." getting ready for his head to get chopped off. Yeah. Uh, then it goes on and it says this, that he says, and yet the Lord stood with me and and he's been by my side and he's even delivered me out of the mouth of, of a lion. lion. Yeah. And what historians believe is this. In fact, you and I were in Italy right there. We saw the place where Paul was at right before he was, uh, his, yeah. his head was, uh, he, before the he jail. was beheaded. Mm-hmm. But he was right down, right. Manitime I mean, prison? Yeah, Manitime prison right there. But you could see. The Colosseum. The mm-hmm. Colosseum. And what historians believe is, is that Paul was actually thrown into the Colosseum where the lions were at. Because he says, and the Lord delivered me from the mouths of the lions. Mm-hmm. I mean, could it not be that God did a little Daniel kind of, Shutting yep, the mouths of the lions. He could have, yeah. For Paul, but even in that, Paul was able to find. But to here's see a guy. The he, positive. He gets thrown in jail. He gets shipwrecked. He gets stoned, mm-hmm. and the guy's singing. Mm-hmm. He's taking every opportunity to, to to witness to people. He sees everybody has deserted him. I mean, think about how tough that is. Exactly. You know, we get a you know we get a couple people saying things and on they, social media that they're hurt, not happy about yeah, this your or whatever. Or make you mad, yeah. Then you think, come on, if we really think about if. God be for us. 
Who can be against us? How can we not be positive knowing God is on my side, living inside of me, giving me a hope and a future, building a home for me in heaven. All of his promises are true for my life. They're yes and, and amen. How can I not? me in the middle of all yeah, of yeah. these things. I'm never leaving or forsaken. I just feel like a wimp sometimes when I read Paul. <laughs> yeah. Because here I go through things and you can get discouraged. Of course. We're not saying do. that we don't, but I, the question coming back to is how do you stay positive? It and doesn't mine mean you're... It comes back to the word of God. Yeah. When I see how these men of faith yeah. kept their hope in God in the midst of... So much worse. Tragedy. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like, all right, Chris, suck it up, buttercup. Buck up under it, little buckaroo. <laughs> you <always> say that. <laughs> See, I told you I was funnier. Um, but we just, but we have, uh, we just make sure that we keep that positive can-do attitude because we know that God is yeah. with us. Who can be Which against really us? is anchored in the word. So that's a simpler way to come back to it too. If we didn't have like, if we didn't have the Bible or we had no knowledge of what God's word says or the promises that he's given us, then we really wouldn't have, what, what are we holding on to? Just some hope and Self-talk some, and yeah, all that? It's I'm not, not in us. Self-talk. I'm <laughs> talking about us. the Bible. Yeah, we're coming back to the word of God. That's why you can be positive because it's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. He's for us. Um, so I just choose to see the glass half full, not half empty. Yeah. So people, you know, all things are happening right now in culture. And I just say, hey, bad times in the world are great times for the church. Yeah, yeah. And I think something that, you know, putting the right, putting intentionally having the right people in your circle, your close circle makes a huge difference. So for Chris and I, sometimes even reminding each other um, of truth or of the, some positive side to the situation that we're in is helpful. Because it's not that we don't like, I had a kind of hard day yesterday, if, I, if I'm honest, and was like venting to Chris about thing after thing after thing after thing after thing that seemed to just be, my whole day just felt negative and down. Every person I talked to, it was a complaint. It was an issue. It was a problem. It was like the whole, <laughs> so I came home thinking like, oh my goodness, I wish this day was over. It was pretty cruddy and, and I'm just telling him about it. But having him be a positive reminder in my life of, you know what? Tomorrow is a new day. And because things were hard today doesn't mean that they're hard forever. You know, being that encouragement for each other and then for, you know, being that for your your friends and having friends who think the same way, who can remind you, this is what God's word said. This is what he has called us to. So here's what they say, what what science has has proven that for every one negative thing that you hear, you mm-hmm. need nine positive things to overcome that one negative thing. Yeah, which is a, a lot when so you have a bad day. Isn't it true, <laughs> though? I mean, you get, there's like all kinds of people saying positive things, but then there's one negative thing mm-hmm. that people say. And that's the one thing we that's remember. That's the one thing that you remember. That you're like, oh. You need nine positive things to yeah. overcome that one negative thing. Yep. And that's why I'm going to let that positive thing be the word of God. Yes. And so- I just feel like those who have their affections in heaven can't help but win. And so let's just keep on moving forward. Yeah, that's how you stay positive. If God be for me, who, who can, be can be against me? Yes. We're going to win. I've read the end of the book, <laughs> and we win. So hey, everybody, thank you so much uh, for today. This was a lot of fun. It was fun. Thanks for listening, guys. So we'll see you guys back here next week. Don't forget to share this podcast. God bless you, everybody. Bye-bye.